sneaker, sneaker business, business talk. It's the Soul Material Podcast. Soul Material Podcast. We're back again. Season four is T Mart Street Shop. And your man, OGEO, welcome to the podcast and channel that you cheer for. Soul Material. Let's get it, T Mart, the Street Shark. Let's get it. All right, more sneaker business talk for our favorite audience, and we're going to give you that clarity over popularity. All right. So, again, we're just keeping up with some uh, more recent events um, and then also telling, continuing the story. We promised you that we would continue these stories about. Uh, the State of the Union of the sneaker business, what's going on uh, um, uh, at the corporate level, what, what decisions are being made, why they're being made, and again, all of the post-pandemic aftermath, um, um, because one of the things we talked about is sustainability of the retail cycle, how people actually buy and consume products, and how much this has changed um, in the last three years, particularly online versus brick and mortar stores all right we've given you some buzzwords we've talked about omni channel and how the retail experience has changed to make it a full retail experience so that means you're you could be in person but online at the same time uh, um and it's just more about how you're connecting uh with the store so omni channel go back to some of our episodes we explain omni channel a little bit more we're not going to do that now we're just going to go talk about we in the past we've talked about the series of stores that have been closing uh, um, uh, for so many different reasons, uh, um, oversaturated marketplace, um, you know, aggressive resale market uh, um, and leading to major retailers investing in said resale market uh, um, to make sure that they can dip on both sides. We talked about Nike controlling their distribution even more by taking their their product out of strategic stores foot locker uh, and now that they are going to do more direct to consumer and have more uh, uh, direct to consumer initiatives i.e they're selling refurbished shoes now um, on their website like what um <laughs> you know what i mean so uh with that being said you know we told you about how east bay oh our dear beloved east bay catalog is no more um we have a, a dmv staple retailer Shoe City, your city, my city, Shoe City. Goodbye. They closed their doors and closed kind of abruptly. <laughs> um, um, you know what I mean? And now we have another store that has announced that they are closing. All right. And that store is Atmos. And we're talking about Atmos USA, not necessarily the Atmos uh, Japan. They're still going to keep their stores overseas. It's just their U.S. operation. And it was weird to, to hear about their website is <laughs> shutting down, too. We're like, what? Uh, uh, um, so that's what we want to talk about in this episode is just showing love to uh, Atmos um, and then also just getting behind that business because Atmos was acquired by Foot Locker, <laughs> you know, and that was another deal where it's just like, hey, I thought that they were in trouble. Like, so why are they acquiring them? Um, it's almost like you acquired someone else to offset your own problems um, because you still wanted to be connected to that industry. But you, other than the acquisition, you really couldn't drive the business up. And if that acquisition took place a year or two ago, here we are with the stores closing. So did that really work, OG? Well, what's, what's, what's going on? Because I know you got some special um, Atmos uh, you know, experiences. Um, so, so talk to the people for a little bit. 
Definitely, man. You're talking about Foot Locker acquiring them $309 million, like you said, less than two years ago, three years ago, Max. And it's unfortunate because we've talked about this in prior episodes. The experience of actually being a shopper at a brick and mortar, even with high detail, high level, great mm-hmm. customer service stores like Atmos, which Atmos was at Georgetown, for example, at a very premium spot, traffic galore. We are where we are and how did we get here? And there's so many factors. You can't mention just one factor or the other. But as you said, and we've talked about in previous episodes, Tony, the shopper has changed and the aggressiveness of what's going on business-wise has changed. So this backs up a little bit in which just a few years back where Atmos and you big merged and some of the premium sneakers store in Philadelphia for years, you big, I can tell you, I was actually in line. 2005, I believe, in August, because I got my very first pair of SBs, which were the Diamonds in Philadelphia on Walnut Street. They were selling for $200, $120 over retail. But that was the experience that you got. They had them. They had your size. Paid cash, no tax. You were out. And to see Atmos always doing what they did over Sue's name, you say that name alone, and it speaks volumes. It speaks value. It speaks loyalty. It speaks excellence. Them coming to the United States. They got the Harlem 2005, I believe. No, 2003. I actually took a trip to New York in 2005 just to go to Harlem, just to go to Atmos to get that experience. And even there in the city, where it was, ex- excellent customer service, walked out. And that's when I had nice. a lot of exponential cash on me. Personally, like $500 in there. And part of it was not only being in New York, but having that experience. And again, I'm having a store in Philly, which was great, and one in D.C., no matter who was there, it was always top notch. And you got to the point where you even were getting deals at the store and the design of the store, them when they had collaborations. And if you were local, whether you were in Philly or in DC, they made sure they collaborated with certain teams that were local to that area. So you get your exclusive hats. They did everything the right way. And yep. we are where we are. So my phone is going off a couple of days ago. And it's like, you hear the news, you hear the news, you hear the news. And it's like, everyone was, was shocked. And I'm like, me and the shark aren't shocked because not saying we want things to happen, but I can't be shocked. I can't be surprised because there's no secret because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And somewhere down the line, Full Locker says, you know what? Let's cut either this loss or it becomes a serious loss. It's $309 million. No, let's focus on something else. And it's mm-hmm. so unfortunate, T-Mark, because Shark, I'm going to tell you, the experience going into that store was one of the last you had where you can go in there, feel like you were someone, not purchase anything, just buy just browse, if you will, and say, you know what, maybe net next time. And it's unfortunate because that era is now coming to an end. And you got to go right down the street to go to a resale shop. And it's what it is with, I hate to say these kids, but outside of a few that's doing the right, shout out to Soul um, Proprietors up in, in Charlotte, and now they're in uh, okay. Northern Virginia. Um, Soul Priorities, outside of them, the experience is going into a store and just being a quote-unquote head. Sneakerhead, hype beast, whatever you want to be, and feel like you are somebody getting a deal or a steal or release you. It's just tough shot because I'm missing that experience of going into a store and shopping, man. And seeing Atmos gone in the United States, man, is rough and it's tough and it's what it is now. 
Yeah. And you know what? I actually said I wasn't going to do anything with this one, but you brought up something real quick and it's in off reach right here for me because I'm in the vault right now. Um, and um, yeah, just you, you talked about the local collaboration. You talked about before the Foot Locker uh, acquisition, the partnership uh, uh, and the merger with Atmos and, and Ubique uh, in, uh, in, in, in Philly, because that was a, uh, a time within itself uh, um, with some of their collaborations that they had. So I actually have one of those uh, um, and um, it was Fila. So here's part of the box. So if I open that up, you see the Fila with the, with the logo. So these are actually the Stackhouse Spaghetti uh, uh, collaboration that you be had uh, um, exclusive to the Philadelphia uh, store. You, you know what I mean? And, uh, there, here it is. <laughs> All right. Um, so there's the Ubique. <laughs> there's the logo on the back. Um, uh, you know what I mean? So got these spaghettis, uh, um, exclusive 76ers, uh, colorway, um, that only came out in the, in Philly or whatever. So I actually copped these such a long time ago. Uh, uh, um, almost literally forgot I had them until you mentioned the store. And I was like, oh, I do have, I do have something. Um, that's how much, uh, we just appreciate like the, the materials on this is crazy with the suede. Uh, um, that's why I was just like, man, I don't care if y'all don't, y'all don't like these filas or whatever. These are fire. Um, um, <laughs> you know those, I mean? so, those scream Stackhouse rookie rook jersey. Like I can see him yeah. wearing those with his rookie jersey. Home yeah, or remember Stackhouse came and then the next year, you know, it was Allen Iverson or whatever, but Stack was on his own. Um, um, you know what I mean? Uh, for a little bit. So, he, you know, when he had his couple signature shoes uh, with Philly, I just remember the, the ad, uh, the magazine ad where he had the, uh, the triple threat position, but the Philly, Philadelphia city sign with the city in the background, classic, classic. Um, so, so back to you, OG. Uh, um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I know you got some more uh, Atmos uh, uh, storytelling to do. Definitely, man, because one of the things that I enjoyed about them um, there was a shoe that I wanted for years, years, years. And they retro 2004 and I was able to get them. And of course you wear shoes, they run down. And when they retroed again, Nike just did what they do. And they made all of these kind of, I'll call them the rundowns. And mm -hmm. it took so much to get the original. And they were more popular overseas than in the States. But the Atmos in D.C. did me a solid by making sure they got the shoe shipped from their overseas store to that store just for me. And it was still my favorite running shoe of all time. And this was in 2016. 2016. Ooh. I'm sorry. It was the Harlem store, I, I believe. It is the Air Spiridon. And everyone thinks of Spiridon, the Air Zoom Spiridons, about the, no, this is the actual the real this ain't the yeah. orange ones, the ones that are cooked down. This has the mid, so it has all of the zoom air that that that's crazy, crazy. Until this day, this is my all-time runner from Nike. Yeah, they don't know um, about Michael Johnson um, uh, <laughs> at all. About at all. So I'm still mad to this day. They made all those colorways and they had the run me downs, what I call them, um, to where they kind of stripped the soul a little bit and made them cheaper, made made them feel cheaper. But um, 2016, man. Um, this one had the tag on, so I don't remember how much I paid, but I told him I didn't care how much much it was. I needed the shoe in my hands, and I still got them. So here's my Atmos memory. Um, I think I even doubled up. I got to look to see where the other pair is. This is the pair that I still wear, 2016, to 2023. And um, shout out to Atmos, Philly, Harlem, and DC. But I'm quite sure the Harlem store is the one that looked out for me 
and then they had them shipped to that store and shipped them to, to, to me. And um, those kind of things, man, just by being a customer saying, hey, I know that I have the shoe. Can you look out for me? Can you do something? Um, you know, tipping a guy 10 to $10 just say, hey, man, you have to do, do, do that, man. Go get some lunch. That's now seems like it's just a thing of the past and me and, and the Sharks day. And um, these type of things I hold on to and uh, the memory is always going to be there. And at most, man, RIP, um, you are always, always in my heart, never for forgotten. But, um, you know, it's what it is, man. Another one bites the dust. Yeah. Go ahead and uh, give a close up uh, of the shoe uh, uh, again for, for the folks at home. And Nike uh, did that, such that's a too, great job. That's such a such a great job. They gotta see those details uh, so that if they ever see some of those other retro models, they know the difference. I know this I have the stadium colorway yeah, all the way across. It's the red. You got the Zoom Air, and the key thing is, as we t- talked about, they rarely did this, but all of this plating and it's it's absolutely amazing to walk on or run on. Yeah, that's hey. a lot of. A lot of that's the good zoom, you know what I mean. And if I'm not mistaken, me was one of the retros silver, but didn't have the 3M behind it. Um, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. So everything go. about this shoe was as original as it can be. So um, Nike really did, did the thing on these, and I was kind of upset that it seemed like it was such a overseas exclusive, if you will, almost. Mm-hmm. And hitting these um, were kind of tough unless you were on websites. And you were really, really up on game and up at four o'clock in the morning because of time changes and so 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 forth. And it became a thing to where this was like um, uh, exclusive club type of release, if you will, because this wasn't a Jordan, it wasn't no hype. But if you knew, you knew. And then it kind of grew in which everyone thought they was going to get their pair. And then they're like, oh, my God, here come the hype beast. Here come the bots. And everyone's upset. So um, for the guy that Atmos, and of course, he's probably long gone. But um, again, the detail with the night Nike check and, and three of them all the way across. Like if you wear these out in the dark and uh headlight hits you, you flash and everything. So it's just, it's just one of those things, man. Like I said, the comfortability of this shoe is a 12 out of 10. And it's just one of those shoes, man, that um I remember seeing them on display at an athlete's foot. When we were back in high school, back in the nineties. And I was like, I didn't have what the $90 they were on sale for. And I was like, you wait till I get grown. You wait till I get a job. <laughs> It's just, it's just one of those things, man, and it's come full circle to where um, disappointed, upset, you know, when you don't hit, um, you know, you feel some kind of way and have someone at that store at Harlem say, hey, man, I got you. They're the overseas store. They sit and run shoes there, always sit. We'll make it away. And I told him, whatever I got to pay shipping or whatever. And he said, no, man, I got you. And um, this is the last of the dying breed of, like we talked about, the sneaker community, people looking out, people looking for anything extra. and um, I missed that era and that time. Um, there was always resellers. There was always people greedy. It was always fraud. But it wasn't to the point that it has gotten over the years. So um, the details, man, Nike doing the right thing. They didn't go cheap on these at all. Shout out to Atmo. Shout out to Nike 2016. Ooh. The Air Zoom on Greatest running shoe Nike ever did in my humble yet Boastful opinion, no question. Yeah, you know, very little debate, and you definitely can't argue that. Um, you had to be there uh, um, um, for it to happen. That was a special time. I, I mentioned Michael Johnson. That was a whole 
thing uh, um, when he was he was like Hussein Bolt before Hussein Bolt. Like I'm talking about when in America had that guy. Um, uh, um, uh, you know what I mean? And Nike was all behind him <laughs> uh, 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 with the Spiridons and, and uh, a couple other, you know, that whole, especially what was it, the '96 Olympics with the <laughs> tracks and all of those um, track and field uh, related. You know, if you go back into our catalog, you'll see, especially um, on our YouTube channel, you'll see the OG um, gave a special um, exclusive look at the Harachis. I mean, not the Harachis, Prestos, Prestos. Uh, um, from the, um, you know, that track and field collaboration. All right. So now we told a couple uh, sneaker stories, a couple, you know, some of our brick and mortar experience. Let's just break down, you know, some of our thoughts on act- the actual, you know, closing of the store and, and, and some of our reactions. So again, we've, <laughs> fortunately, we're not shocked um, um and we this is just the next one in line because again we've had specific episodes for all of the the uh, uh, uh other uh stores that have closed so this one's just um it did catch me off guard because i you know i didn't see it coming from them um but when we look back we say does the new sneakerheads even know about the classic atmos collaborations you know what i'm saying some air max ones and um, um, um you know like safari styles and and the the, the biotech all types of stuff um, 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 you know what i mean and um you know uh sean witherspoon he worked with them and, and has done a, a number of collaborations you know what i'm saying the the atmos forget about the shoes too because they were doing some really cool uh apparel collaborations I'm mad that I waited a little too long uh, for the Atmos Kuji uh, collection because they did a very good job when they brought that out. Uh, um, but I just wasn't paying the five six hundred dollars, um, 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 you know, for the sweaters. But I was waiting for them to go on sale, and by the time they were able to go on sale, uh, my size wasn't available. So I waited a little too long. Um, but Atmos was a great website as well that they, um, you know, did a good job with their flash sales. Uh, um, if you, uh, notice, you know, I have my urban playground, um, you know, uh, baseball jersey on, and you've probably seen the OG in some of our images with his, uh, with his jacket on. I have the jacket too. Uh, um, and guess where I copped it from? Uh, Atmos <laughs> on sale eventually for under a hundred dollars uh, because i waited um and you know it was something that i wanted uh um but i was just patient and and just continuing to bookmark the page come back and then when i saw i'm like whoa this is so buried so deep on the page now that no one's even noticing that they just keep marking the prices down and then they have a little sale on sales um and then i just swoop in um you know and then scoop and score uh, um and i'm literally um here in northern virginia but you know this store in uh uh <laughs> in georgetown sometimes i go by they have some good collaborations with uh new balances they always did a good job of the in-store um their 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 setups you know because anytime they did a collaboration it was just always cool because this is retro vibes where the windows get dressed to the, uh, um, you know, and then sometimes you had to have a strong partnership, um, you know, so for those that don't have the untrained eye, if your partnership is strong, then the vendor is fitting the bill f- for some of that. Now, I'm not going to say that they're going to fit the bill for everything, but you can do a little comp deal. Uh, uh, um, so just think more about um, 
collaborations with other stores and they don't have the window dressings. They don't have the in-store uh, um, um, setup that actually completes the story that they're telling uh, um, because, you you know, that's an investment to have extra fixtures that are temporary and then all these auxiliary things uh, um, and window dressings. It's just like paying for a bunch of extra Christmas decorations and then having to pack them up once the promotion is over. That's the equivalent of it. So if you have a strong relationship, then you might do a little trade where, you know, because it benefits the brand um, that you're partnering with, you know, to dress the whole window. Uh, um, and then especially that, that Georgetown, Wisconsin Ave, that signage on that street is worth money. All right. So if the, if the, retailer can partner with the brand to create the signage uh, um, that is going to be massive. It's just like your store is a billboard on a big street. Uh, and I mean like the full window, not just the, the one that's visible. I mean like the door, the window, and then anything else um, uh, on top. Uh, um, you know, you dress all of that up with the logos and tell the full story. Like, and then they'll have, you know, you know, communal events that was one of the last uh, uh retailers as well that invited other sneakerheads to come and then let's just have a you know a night out with new balance and we have one or two representatives from new balance and then it's just a, a q a session and then you just network and and go from there um you might have a little spoken word or, or a little artist or something get you some get you a little poetry jam get you get your snaps on um, um get a look you know mixer you know what i mean because that's part of the community, all right, is to what? Commune, actually gather, um, um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, um, so, again, lost art of actually sneakers coming together. That's why we value our sneaker friends. Um, um, and we build those relationships. Um, and you just never know uh, um, what, what comes into fruition. So, always love the in-store experience. Uh, um, and um, But at the end of the day, I think some of that just might have lost value uh, um, in a digital uh, consumer world. Um, either you don't know that that exists, you don't care because it's not your experience. Like, because I just think about like, if you were to get people to come, how hard is it to get people to come and that's their first time coming to something like that, right? Because if other people aren't doing it, you actually look weirder uh, <laughs> um only because they don't have the common experience of that's a thing um, um, um you know what i mean where it's just like oh and so that that's what makes it a little harder to say oh when it happened i missed out you know and then the next one i'm gonna go to but you know other than that you know it's just i think it's just the the telling of our times you know what i mean it's not even about the sourcing and the products not selling i think it's just the um, unlofty expectations, sales goals. And, you know, if they're partnering a little too much, they might, I don't, I haven't seen their books, but I could imagine that some higher ups that only look at bottom lines and not the intrinsic value of keeping and retaining the customers. And you just look at the bottom line for what it is. They might be like, look, we're barely, we're barely making profit or we're in the red. So that means pull the plug rather than, well, we're not sitting here losing a bunch of money. And when the economy changes, this, this, and this, look, we're in a, another turn cycle in our economy right now. That's very down. Look at the real estate market, look at interest rates and mortgage rates and, and all of that stuff. Look, we're in tough times, inflation. All right. Like the last two years, it's just, you know, 
it was almost like the inflation was talked about before it actually happened. So that's why it it was like, oh, this is not really a thing. And then it's like, boom, hit you in the face. It's real. Uh, uh, um, you know, and then guess what else is about to happen? We're about to go into another election year cycle. Uh, and if any in history, it continues to repeat itself in this country when it comes to its capitalism and how commerce works uh, um, is that. Those those dollar signs look different in election years. Uh, um, not to say that there's a direct correlation. I'm just saying that's how the economy works. Um, so if we're not willing as business people to sit and wade through the water of the down cycle, then you don't have much on the other side anyway. So, you know, I just feel bad for people lo uh, losing jobs in said economy uh, um, and all the things because this was... I would have expected this for other retailers. You know, we talked about Shoe City. You know, they had too much generic stuff. Um, and you remember that we talked about how they crossed over and spread themselves into clothing and apparel for kids and, and women. We're all things that have low margins. <laughs> um, uh, you know what I mean? So no wonder. Um, and then Nike is pulling accounts and being selective. Um, so you just don't even have the premium product that was driving you. So that made more sense. This one, they had a relationship. Um, it still had a little, you know, boutique slash. Um, it might have been the last breath of sneaker underground culture still existing, like that snake skateboard shop vibes, because the skateboard shops used to what? Change the window dressings and all this other stuff. And skate culture had way more business partners willing to invest in said culture uh, um, before it was totally uh, commercialized into urban. Skate and urban became synonymous. Uh, um, but when it was underground, uh, so shout out to Atmos. Uh, USA. Yeah, USA, last of the underground vibes. Um, um, we'll miss you. All right. Um, so any more uh, closing words uh, uh, from the OG on uh, the Atmos situation? Street Shark, I just feel like we are now seeing the overall result outside of all you said as far as the economy, inflation, election year coming up. We're still seeing the molding and shaping of post-pandemic retail and seeing how, like you said, what's important and to whom. And it's just unfortunate that the powers that be didn't give Atmos a couple more years to see whatever turn they were looking for, um, because I know they weren't in the shape that a shoe city was in, for example. It's hard to believe if they were. Um, and given, talking about three stores, the experience, so forth but again talking about just square bottom line so i want to see how whatever money is being saved is invested and see what Foot locker is going to do next but once you talk about the merger with you pick and so forth i was really looking forward to atmos being again what they have been and that's a leader and a premium leader in everything that we've discussed from the experience to in every city because they took on the culture of the city that they were in in the us yep. as well so the D.C. store was not like the Harlem store. The Harlem store was not like the Philadelphia store. And um, it was three different experiences totally. But the bottom line with them as far as your experience, as far as customer service, was always there. And like you said, man, it, the value of that now means what? A retailer catering to its market doesn't have the same value. What a world we're What a sneaker world that we're in right now. No question. Well, no question. 
to our audience. That's why we're here. Uh, Soul Material Podcast. We're giving that clarity over popularity uh, um, and that sneaker business talk. We definitely want you to understand what's going on uh, um, because we told you some of the power lives with you, the consumer. If you really want these businesses to stay alive, then patronize the businesses. Um, uh, um, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, um, and uh, even if it's with the coupons and, and everything like that, just buy uh, uh, from these uh, boutique styles, especially the ones that are doing good and contributing to the culture. They are giving back culturally, all right? And that's what we're going to miss. Um, so other than that, again, ongoing story. We, we, we told you this with the Foot Locker. It's really not going to stop. We told you about the lace-up strategy, all that good stuff uh, in between. Still waiting for it to, you know, pan itself out. So this isn't the end. We'll keep, continue to tell you about what's going on in the sneaker world. Uh, uh, give our take on uh, some of the business operations just from an inside perspective. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, again, check us out on uh, YouTube and our social media pages you tell us uh, uh what you think um about it we 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 open we're open to the dialogue uh, um and we we'd love to meet some more uh sneaker friends uh, um because it's again last of a dying breed and we want to keep the culture alive that's why we're asking different questions that's why we're providing um more detailed answers rather than the generic uh, uh um regurgitation of sneaker blog news um uh, where all the sites uh, post the same content over and over and over again. All right. Um, so there you go. Another episode uh, for season four in the books. Um, peace out to Atmos. All right. Uh, um, last of a dying breed. You know, somehow they became a dinosaur real quick uh, um, in, in this culture. So hopefully we can turn the corner by educating everyone. Um, but until then, um, we'll be working hard uh, to bring in some more exclusive content and some storytelling uh, behind the scenes. For So for another episode of Soul Material Podcast, podcast you cheer for, the channel you cheer for, it's T-Mark the Street Shark. Oh, you the EO. Peace to you. Till next time. Signing off.